Welcome to the How to Sell Insurance Podcast. My name is Ryan Federico. I am here, as always, with my two distinguished hosts, Senior DJ Debt Free, Mr. Keith Fonseca, uh, who has been known to wear a shirt with his face on it, uh, just so you know. 362 requests for this shirt. Yes, today. he's gotten a lot of requests to be DJ Debt Free. Uh, also here with Ashton Delango Lunday, the man, the myth, the legend, the only person on planet Earth with that last name. He is here to shed his knowledge and light of all things insurance, maybe a couple things Jesus. Um, and we have some amazing guests with us here today. Uh, two of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, Ayers Newsom, my spirit animal, as I have told him, is my number one spirit animal. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, I'm actually not bald. I just shaved my head to look like Ayers uh, because I love him so much. This guy is one of the most inspirational, just incredible human beings on the face of the planet. And when I say inspirational, I don't mean like he's got some crazy story that you're going to get inspired that he had to overcome. It's just whenever you're around him, you get this energy of just like, I can do anything. Just such an incredible human being. Also, his better half, uh, if you ask him, Cicely Newsom, hashtag don't say Cece. And uh, she is here. And I I can't imagine that there's been anybody else um, that has made more of an impact on my life. And I'm sure the two gentlemen sitting to my right as well. uh, Somebody who just dedicated so much time and energy and effort into helping us all in a new sales system through the pandemic, just leading us from the front. And we all owe an incredible debt of gratitude, uh, especially me for the time that I got to spend with my family and for what my lifestyle looks like today that I just wouldn't have uh, without Cicely Newsom. So super awesome to have you guys here. You're two of my favorite people in the world. And um, well, I guess introduce yourself to the crew here, to the subscribers. Uh, let's talk about maybe, Ayers, we'll start with you. How'd you get started in the business? And um, let's talk about the most embarrassing thing to happen to you in the field. So how about, how about those two things? So how'd you get started? What's the most embarrassing thing? Yeah, so I got, I got started in July of 2012. Um, I was 40 years old, uh, didn't graduate high school, uh, didn't go to college. Uh, I had been a whitewater bath guy, uh, massage therapist, All a, right. a, a, I worked in construction, done cabinetry, had you know, jack of a lot of stuff, right? Like jack of many trades. And um, I was waiting tables and I was saying to myself, hey man, I'm 40 years old, I'm waiting tables right now. Like, what does it look like 25 years from now? Am I gonna be the guy 65 years old working at Waffle House or whatever, yeah. you know, what does it look like? And um, and so I knew that sales was really for a guy with as little experience as I had in the professional world and educationally, that was probably going to be one of the better avenues for me. Um, a good friend of mine at the time who I had a, an immense amount of trust in um, and who had mentored me in many, many ways, he asked me, hey man, you know anybody looking for a new career? I said, hey, I am. He said, hey, I think you could do this. And uh, he recruited me into the life insurance world, uh, where I went to work for you know a large hundred at the time, hundred and thirty year old company, you know, uh, captive. Got it. And uh, yeah, and that was that was how that was how I got my start. So, and this is this is really important because a lot of you guys know if you're subscribers to the podcast, um, you know we open this up to everybody. So we're not just a podcast that's for 
people who are getting leads in the mortgage protection space. So, you know, we, we want to talk to everybody. And so it's really important that we get some people with experience that none of the three of us have of what it's like to be in a captive agency where you have to like go knock on doors or friends and family. Like what, what did you have to do? Like getting your start in the business. So cold, I'm a whitewater rafting expert, we'll call you expert guide, right? Uh, working in the restaurant field. Now you're thrust into life insurance. Like what was that first month or two like in your start, I guess? Like what were you doing to get clients? How was it working for you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, pretty standard inside of the industry for a, a lot of these companies. Um, I got started, they had a, a training program last couple weeks, you know. Um, I was, you know, I'd go into the office, I'd sit in a, they had a little room, you know, with a computer and I would, I would engage in the company life training program. After that, it was, it was like, okay, heirs, um, let's pull out your cell phone, here's a pad, let's start with <laughs> some friends and family. And, you know, it was that kind of thing. And, and so then we just spent uh, a month or so, gosh, maybe two months even, going around uh, hitting up um, our friends and family. And, uh, and then, it was, then it was to a phone book, then it was to the Chamber of Commerce. Then yes, it was B&I, and Chamber then it was, of Commerce, those breakfasts, man. Yeah, the huge. The huge, got the it, huge. got it. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you were mainly working in the field with people, right? You weren't like going into businesses or anything, you were going into their homes? Primarily, yes, uh, B2C, business consumer. Got it, okay, so we got that. Go for the embarrassing story. What's the worst thing to ever happen to you selling insurance in the field? I can't wait to hear this. Okay, so I, I was uh, brand new. I moved, out of, I moved out of the captive organization and I got into the mortgage protection space. Um, and I had a territory that was maybe two hours away at the time. All right. And uh, two and a half. And, and I'm, I'm driving and it was, you know, like one of those things where you're setting your appointments up and everything was on a collapsed time frame. I'm, I'm running, you know, 10 to 12 appointments inside of two days, two and a half, three hours from my house, right? So, um, so and every house I'm going into, I'm drinking a ton of water or tea or whatever. So I'm like, I've got to pee all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm working in this pretty rural area and my appointments, I'm, I'm booking them on the hour. But they're 25, 35 minutes apart, right? Yeah. So, like, you think I've always got time to pull over and pee? No. So, um, this is in very rural northwestern North Carolina, Windy Roads. So, I am finally get to this one spot. My eyes are floating. I've got to go so bad. And uh, I've got, like, a Gatorade bottle. And I'm like, man, here's the straightaway. As soon as I can get on this straightaway, man, I got this. I get on the straightaway, hit the cruise control, get everything set up, man. I'm going, next thing I know, I, like... You know, I'm like midstream, and I see this, this like suburban just like come up on me like a bat out of hell, man. Just like come up like right up on my tail, and the next thing I know, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no way, man, no way, I'm getting pulled over right now. And uh, so I'm getting pulled over, so I like you know put a knot in it, and uh, fortunately I'm wearing a uh, a hat like a. a it's a newsboy. Yeah, yeah. newsboy. Yeah. Like a newsboy yeah. cap. Yeah. Like a newsboy cap. So like, so I get the bottle situated, and I take the cap, and I just lay the cap down. And then the officer comes up, and he was a really young guy, like a really young officer. And I'm like, oh, no, man. 
and he's standing there at the front, and, and I'm in a Volkswagen Golf, so he's tall and he's looking down, so he's squarely looking in my lap. And it's like, he sees the hat, but it's pretty obvious because there's one side of my belt and a belt buckle. And Lord knows what he's thinking is going on. And he was just like, everything all right? And I'm like, yeah, officer, just uh, trying to get to my next appointment here. And he goes, he goes, well, where are you headed? Oh, I'm headed over here. He says, you know how fast you were going? I said, I have no idea. He said, well, you were going like 63. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought the speed limit was, you know, 55. And he says, it is, but up there, not here yet. And I said, well, I'm sorry. He says, well, listen, I'm going to let you go. You just uh, lighten up on the pedal. Yes, sir. And he, <laughs> he, he was beat red, man. I don't think he knew how to handle the situation. Oh, my God. Yeah, was, well, for, you know, for, for anybody who's joined the industry in the last couple of years, and you've been virtual, uh, you know, virtual selling. These are things we no longer have to deal with anymore. <laughs> Although, maybe I've peed in a bottle a couple times in my office because I didn't want to get off of Zoom. Yeah, I'm not not, uh, not admitting anything. Um, just kidding. But God, what a what a story and a half, man. I can't even imagine. I, I can't lie and say I haven't peed in a bottle on the road in between appointments. But getting pulled over by a police officer uh, never happened. Uh, so, what about you, Cicely? How did you get into the industry? I know it was hoping, you, you weren't peeing in a bottle. No, um, a little more challenging right. for me. So, how did you get into the insurance industry and the most embarrassing thing or, or most awkward thing to happen to you in the field selling insurance? Okay, yeah, um, great. So, 2013, six months after Ayers had gone through this captive agency experience, he pulled me in as a supportive spouse to an insurance conference. And, you know, my original intention was to basically just go as that supportive spouse. And, um, you know, prior, I was in restaurants as well for many, many years. I've got a biology degree, um, glorified waitress with a biology degree, All right. you know. Um, I, I was using my degree. I'm, I'm from LA, that's like 90% of the <laughs> Right, right. So. I was using my degree out of, right out of college. Um, really did not like being like that nine to five desk job that just wasn't for me. I'd already paid my way through college by being in restaurants. So I actually intentionally went back into restaurants because I loved, I loved it. I still do. You know, I, I loved what I did there. And, um, and so anyway, we were both in the restaurant business together. He left, you heard that story. I'd gone to a conference. Uh, after the first conference, I was like, okay, that's great. I support you, that's a great company, you can do that. After my second conference, I was like, wait a minute. If all these people can do it, and the money is what we, you know, what, what we were being told that it is, and you know, these people seem awesome and fun, and it's a great industry, like what would happen if we both did this together? You know, so laying it all out on the table, having never dreamed that I would be in life insurance, certainly not even really in sales, was like, let's give it a try. And so I got licensed in January of 14. And um, actually, I think was a lot better than I thought I would ever be in life insurance. So yeah, that's, that's, that's that. Yeah, before you go on to this, the, uh, the odd story, the uncomfortable story, um, I have a theory that women tend to perform at a much higher percentage in this industry than men do. Uh, at least from what I've seen, women tend to absolutely dominate men in this industry, but it's still a male-dominated industry for some yeah. weird reason. Yeah. Uh, have you noticed that in, in, in sort, sort of, of coming, coming in, in or, or did you notice that in your dynamic between year two that you picked it up easier than Ayers did? 
I don't feel like we should be talking about marriage related. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. Um, no. We'll take this to our counselors. No, I. I definitely noticed at the, at the conferences that I was attending there in the beginning, I noticed how few women there were. But I noticed that the women that I was seeing on stage were absolutely, you know, women that I could, I could picture myself, wow, if they could do it, I could definitely do it, you know. Um, I think that women uh, definitely are potentially better listeners. I think we garner more trust from people. Um, I think that maybe there's even a little bit more, uh, no offense guys, but a little bit more social intelligence. Yeah, like we, we can, yeah, we can read a room. Maybe we, we're in, a little, uh, we pay more attention to our intuition, I think, and we trust our intuition maybe a little bit more. Sure. And so, you know, I think between Ayers and I, what we've discovered is that we both have uh, some overlapping skills and talents that have served us well. But I think overall, like I, Ayers tells me all the time that I have a larger capacity for work than he does. Mm. And I, I don't really know, I, I don't think that that means that I'm better in sales than he is. I just think that, like, maybe I'm a little bit more organized or maybe, sure. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you can answer. Well, dynamically, but between she and I, like, just a personality difference between the two of us, you know, for anyone who pays attention to Myers-Briggs, you know, um, uh, ENTP. Yeah, me too. INFP. Mm. You know? Um, and one of the things... And, this is we've had to work on this just inside of our, our marriage as well mm-hmm. um, but for the business and for a lot of things in Sicily's life like she has moved forward through life quickly and achieved a lot of stuff because like she'll just tell you flat out like I hate hearing no you know yeah I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a driver in that way you yeah. know I I I was the only girl of, you know, two brothers, and so I was used to sort of, like, getting what I wanted. Sure, sure. <laughs> and I, I'm not a spoiled brat by any means, but I just I think that, that I just played off of my strengths, and I think that that's just served me well, and I think that, um, that it can serve women well in the industry. And she learned, and she learned, very, she learned at some point, um, she learned how to hear it and then come back and ask again in a different way. Yeah. And if she heard no again, she learned how to like come back and ask it a third time in a well, different it's, way. Well, it's very interesting that you bring that up because that's going to be part of our topic today. I want to get to this, this you know, American right. story. Of oh, story. right, yeah. But this is going to be part of our, our topic. I want to say for anybody who doesn't follow Myers-Briggs, just go online, type in those letters in ENTP. The profile is actually called the debater. How do I know? Because I am an ENTP. That's why, oh, I, yeah. that's why I love uh, Sicily so much. Because I, I, it's, it's rare when you get around somebody who's like, God, this person thinks like me. And it's like, oh, it's another ENTP. And so we uh, get our answers by pressing, by debating, by asking questions. And so it's, it's uh, one of those things where uh, it's, it's unsurprising to hear that somebody who's an ENTP might go and ask five of the same question in different yeah. ways to get the answer or the result that they want. So. Yeah. Let's hear the embarrassing story. Okay, it's not embarrassing. It's it's all it's just terrible. It's just a terrible, uncomfortable story. Uh, definitely not as funny as this one. I just remember, you know, again, we were in the field. You know, we we started our our business in the field, so we were driving all over the place. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I was working in like maybe a not so great part of Atlanta. And um, and I had you know I had a lead that it was a mortgage protection lead, a very small mortgage, very very low income place. And I, I should have listened to my intuition because I knocked on the door and the, and the person wasn't home. And I was like getting stood up for the appointment, you know, but we were taught like, okay, you know, like don't take no. So like go and run another appointment and then come back. And so I came back to the same house that I knew 
the first time I knocked on the door that I should just walk away. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great situation, but By I was like, way, no. If anybody's ever run in the field, this has happened to you. Like, please don't answer, no. please don't answer the door. Yeah. So anyway, I go back, I get, I get into the home and long story short, um, you know, I'm sitting at the kitchen table, which is where business takes place. And, you know, I'm trying to play it cool as tiny baby cockroaches are crawling all over everything. At first I noticed that they're just on the bread, on the windowsill and on the crackers. And then I noticed like, oh my God, my briefcase is on the floor. And I looked down and they're not like big ones that you could just like squash, like the little tiny Tiny ones. And, you know, and I'm just watching cockroaches basically crawl in and out of my briefcase, on my shoe, on the table. And so I was like, yeah, so I was, I was like, um, so you know, here's what it is. You probably need to think about it, don't you? Okay, great. I'm out. Boom. You know? <laughs> no, no, I could not have. No. No, no. I was like, uh, you probably want to think about this, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. You know, we'll talk. Yeah. So that was my very nasty. And of course I immediately took everything important out and I threw that you know, briefcase in the trash, Gone. and that's yeah, Gone. that's what happened. Wonder, was it a hand-me-down briefcase? It used to be yours. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our topic. We uh, don't want to. It's awesome to hear about you know two amazing leaders who've grown a very large agency's experience in the field. Uh, we want to jump into our actual topic today, and that is how to create an environment where people buy insurance, right? And so, a lot of times, we have new agents that come in. And, you know, most new agents, when they run appointments, are like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and and, uh, here's your prices, right, is basically what happens. And uh, a lot of times, your first application is going to be written like that. It's going to be like, hey, my boss told me to give you X options or whatever. Which one fits best for you? Let's fill out the application. And that's going to be what it is. Um, And I I think that can create some bad habits where you think that's all it takes. Uh, but in high percentage closing, in getting the most, if you're spending money on leads, in uh, garnering the most referrals, if you're working warm market business, super important to create an environment where people feel comfortable buying insurance, not being sold insurance. And I can't think of two better people to talk about that topic than Ayers and Cicely Newsom. So uh, why don't we start off with uh, Ayers, because I know this, uh, I've, I've heard you talk about this before, uh, and then we'll go to, to Cicely, but you, you've talked about creating an, uh, an environment of friendliness where you're in control, but they feel like they're in control, usually by asking questions. So what are some ways maybe at the beginning of the appointment where you take control of the appointment to make sure that you're guiding it in the right direction, but they feel like they're in control? Is, is there any, I guess, light you can shed on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think one of the places, depending on, on how, you, how you do this, I, I think one of the places where I learned to do it first was just even in booking an appointment, mm. you know? Um, in terms of specifically, how can, I, how can I be in control and let them have control at the same time? Because it's really about, it, it's not like one of us is in control and the other is not. The reality is, is both parties have control over this, you know? So it's like, how do we share in the control? And I think one of the ways of doing that is, uh, is for me to set parameters up around, you know, the sales agent to set a parameter up and say, hey, here's the space that we have to work in. Now I'm going to give you some options inside of that. So what we're going to do is we're going to control the space in which options are. 
maybe if we're booking an appointment, I might say something around the around the lines of like, you know, so uh, so Keith, t typically what's what's better for you is is it typically better, um, you know, before before lunch or after lunch? Uh, probably after. Okay, great. Uh, so you think it would be better for us to meet sometime around 2.15, 2.30, or you think it's better a little closer to 4? Uh, probably closer to 4. So I've set the parameters up for when we're going to, when it is, but I've given two options in there so that Keith can also have the experience of being in control as well. So both of oh. us, he gets the experience of being in control, yeah. but his options are, are options that I've actually have control of predetermined options predetermined right? options yeah, you, you know you know what the outcome is and the outcome is going to be what you want it to be yeah. one way or another yeah mm -hmm. and, and that can i mean and once you once you have that template then that can be applied broadly in in many in many instances i yeah. think yeah um i i actually will toss this over to keith uh for for his input on this just because i have the benefit of knowing some of the ways that keith starts an appointment and um i, I guess, guess keith, what are your thoughts about when you start off an appointment, just when, when somebody shows up to that meeting, whether you're in person, because you did this in person, whether you're over the phone, whether you're on Zoom, what are some of the, those initial questions that you're asking um, to sort of create the environment where people are gonna buy so you're in control, but they feel like they're in control? Well, I think for me, first of all, <clears throat> I wanna say thank you to Eric and Cicely. It would be remiss if I didn't put that out there. We've had these conversations before you know, you're asking critical questions, but also just being the people that you are with the heart and soul that you have. You know, you inspired both Ryan and I to, you know, go for this thing, right? Mm -hmm. Watching you guys lead a large organization just, it's, tr it's true. And you have such amazing, deep, relational type people in your agency that we have got to know. And that um, really inspires our group. So at least for me, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tailored after them for sure. Um, the first thing I have to do is create rapport, right? So um, I have to get them talking because otherwise during the appointment, I don't see how they're going to want to answer any of my questions unless that first barrier of, hey, he's here to sell me something is going to come up. And so ultimately, I'm really looking at, hey, how can I get these folks to really chat with me where I'm doing 20% of the talking, they're doing 80, but start to reveal to me everything I need to know on the reasons why they want to buy insurance, mm -hmm. right? And if that conversation I can hit on family, that's perfect. Somehow my roadway takes me to family because even when we start talking about our family in an unrelated situation, right? Start telling me how great it was that their family went to a sports game or when they moved from one city to the next, oh yeah, my kids went to school there and so things are different here. As soon as they start talking about the family, there's this connection that goes on psychologically between my logical sense of what I need to do and my emotional sense of who I am and where I'm at right now. So that leads into that next question and it's for me, Right, it's very to the point of, and, and I'm excited about what's coming up with the NEPQ and the new ways of selling insurance and, and working our, you know, our new system. It's that going straight to the point is super important um, in essence of what's your goal for this appointment? What do you want to accomplish? I'm still in control, but I give them the sort of uh, illusion that they're in control because they're telling me, oh, I want to accomplish this. Great. 
I know every which way to go from that answer. Mm. And typically it's, I want to buy insurance, but they're not going to say that. Right? They're going to yeah. say, I want to protect my family. I want to know prices. I want to know what this is about. That's just code for, I want to buy insurance. And I'm like, <laughs> great. I'm super glad you said whatever it is you said, because we're going to redirect that to why is that important to you? Yeah. Whatever it is, why is that important to you? So now we went from the logic to the emotion. And as soon as they express both of those, now it's just like, a layup right down the down the center of the lane of just like great if it's important to you to get some insurance how about we do that today and they're yeah. always going to be like yeah thank well, and you they've, and they've just it's come out of their mouth that they want to buy insurance yeah. right yeah um, that's the point i was going to make around that is it's like yeah we talk about it a lot in the business like as as salespeople, uh, especially maybe as a new salesperson, we have the tendency to want to make statements and if we can learn to take whatever statement we want to make, oh man, uh, it's going to be really hard for your wife based on what you just told me about your income, or oh man, like you've got three young kids in, in you know under the age of ten, like you're going to really need to save up for some college, you know, funding. If something happens to you, everybody's going to be really in a bad, you know, bad place. We we have all these statements that we want to make. And I think the inexperienced salesperson will just make those statements. Right. And it's just kind of like you're just like vomiting on the client of like what you think they should wow. be thinking. <laughs> now, the cool thing is, is like they know, they know what you know. But, it, but if we can figure out how instead of making a statement to ask a question and get them to make the statement that we want to make, Man, now they've just sold themselves yeah. on why they need to buy life insurance. Yeah, so so true, and, and that's one of the things that I see, um, at, at least in the most successful agents that I've had a chance to to work around. It's it's an eighty twenty rule, and a lot of you guys have heard me talk about this before. Eighty um, percent of the time they're talking, and twenty percent of the time you're talking. And the closer that you get to where you're talking 50 and they're talking 50, the lower your closing ratio gets. And if you ever get to a place where you're talking 80 and they're talking 20, you should just leave immediately and just shut the meeting down, right? And so it's like, but the most, like the highest end closers, the people with the astronomical closing percentage, it just seems so effortless. It's because the client is talking 80% and the 20% that they're talking are all asking questions. And just leading to more answers, more answers, supplemental questions over and over and over again. So now we transition into something that I've heard Cicely talk a lot about, um, which is guiding your client or letting them know where the appointment is going and what you're about to take them through. And I think that's sort of the next step, right, to creating a comfortable environment where people will buy. Now we've got them warmed up. They've basically said it's their idea to get insurance and they've voiced their concerns. And so now we're really going to take control, right? And we're going to start driving the rest of the appointment. So, Cicely, what are some ways that you do that in an appointment um, to, to make sure that people feel comfortable throughout the entire, entire process, process and you don't lose them along the way? Yeah, sure. So, you know, if I was to uh, throw a bag over your head and throw you in a van and drive you down the road, we, would call, that, we would call that kidnapping, right? right? And... Um, you know, when we're in a, a, an appointment to sell life insurance, we have to understand, like, we know where we're going. We know what we're going to take. We have our process, right? We know what questions we're going to ask. We know the outcome that we want. But the client has no idea where we're going. 
They, they don't have any idea where we're going. You know, they don't know if it's going to be a sales pitch. Are they going to get their arm twisted? Is it going to be too expensive? Am I going to be able to qualify? Does this guy know what he's doing? You know, they are in the dark about what's going to happen. And what I have found and what we found, and we call this our role and purpose, uh, you know, here, you know, at Symmetry. But if, if I, at the very beginning of the presentation, tell the client exactly what's going to happen, then I can get their buy-in up front on that process. You know, and then I get to I get to tell them things ahead of time that are really going to basically help me avoid any objections that may come up later, right? Totally. Like uh, what, are, yeah. what are they call those boomerangs, where like you throw something at the beginning of the appointment and you catch it in the close. Uh, yeah, the yeah, end. yeah. So it's everything from letting them know that we're going to be talking about really personal things. I may have to ask you some personal questions. Mm -hmm. um, Telling them what my role is. Hey, I'm a, I'm a field underwriter, or maybe for those of you that are um, that aren't field underwriters, like just tell them maybe how you got into the business. Um, telling them what your role is in the transaction, what you're going to do tonight is we're going to discuss some programs. Telling them what their job, right? Because everybody wants a job. Like your client wants to contribute to the process. So hey, you're going to have a job. Your job today is to pick out some programs that go with your budget. We're going to apply for the business tonight, you know, then it's going to get approved and then it's going to be da da da. And you just tell them what's going to happen all along the way so that you don't get to the end of your process. They start firing away a bunch of things like, well, why do you need to know that? Or, well, we're not making any decisions tonight or whatever. So I'm telling them exactly what's going to happen along the way. That is so brilliant. And for, I, I hope that you guys are, are, you know, if you're driving or if you're listening to this on the treadmill or something like that, you can stop. And just go back to that and take some notes because it's, it's one of the most underrated things, especially if you're a new agent, because after you set up that, like, here's what's going to happen, you have the steps to the rest of your appointment. You'll never forget where you are. It's like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and this. Let's start with step one, right? And then like, oh, it's time for me to move on to step two. It's time for me to move on to step three. When I first started uh, in the business, I had them written down on my little tablet in my portfolio. And I would go step one, step two, step three, step four. And I would be able to look down at any point in time and go, oh, I just confirmed their medical information. Now it's time for me to do a financial overview, right? <laughs> or like ask them what would happen if this or if that. So super, super great advice if you're a new agent to follow step by step. Um, one of the things that I, I want to just sort of open up, and I, I know we probably don't want to open up to everybody, but I'll, I'll sort of start with, uh, we'll start with Cicely on this one, and then we'll go to Air second. Uh, one of the things that I learned that has helped me out incredibly from you guys, and you probably learned it from somewhere else, was giving the client permission to buy, giving them permission to make a decision. And you taught that, at least to me, in the form of a takeaway which was nothing that we do here in this meeting is going to be set in stone necessarily. Where it was like, hey, we're going to apply for coverage and we're going to submit your application in and then here's what's going to happen. They're going to approve you, then they're going to mail out the policy, then we're going to come together and we're going to review it and we've got 30 days to make any changes that we want to it or we can adjust it from there was the language. Listen very carefully, not you can cancel this within 30 days. Okay, we're not pitching rescission. This yeah. is not a puppy dog close. This is for those people that wanna shop around or, or need that extra flexibility to be able to make a decision tonight when you're working with them to say like, hey, nothing that we do tonight is gonna be set in stone. You're gonna have the opportunity to change it if we need to change it and to really give them that permission to buy and then go, we don't even know if you're approved yet, right? And kind of take that away. So what are some of your favorite ways to do that in an appointment to give them permission to buy 
and to make sure that they feel comfortable signing tonight, especially if they're that analytical person who like, no matter what you say, I did all the shopping for you, but they're like, I still want to check around, you know, or whatever. What are some of the ways that you can get somebody to move and sign an application and take that next step? Mm. So <clears throat> getting somebody to, getting somebody to take the, to take the step is look, all of us part with money because we believe that by parting with the money, our life gets better. Mm. Mm. I, it's just that simple. Um, you hear that church choir for that, that answer? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but that's the only that's the only reason that we part with our money. Sure. Is because we believe that because of that, uh, there's a problem that's getting solved. So, get good at identifying a problem. More importantly, get good at helping your clients identify the problem that they believe that they have, which is why they have you there to begin with, yeah. why they have us there. Get good at that, and then get good at developing solutions for the problems that most of your clients have. You know, so I would say start there. Sure. Okay? Once you get to that spot, then then like the permission to buy is just it's just by helping them out, get to the, you know, hey, is this, is this the problem? You, it sounded like earlier what you were telling me is that this is the problem. You said that this is the problem that you would have. If these things happened, then this would be the circumstance. And what you told me was you didn't want that, you wanted this. Did sure. I hear that right? Yeah, that's what I heard. Okay, great. Well, looks like this would be a solution to that. Is, are we still on board? Yep, we're still on board. Okay, great. Well, here's what these solutions look like. Which one of these makes the most sense for you? And, in, and typically in most of the, man, like, I was never a, a, a top producing agent. I was never a top producing agent. But my close ratios were always pretty darn high yeah. because I just figured out that process right there. In terms of giving people permission permission to buy, it was just a matter of, of helping figure out which one of those solutions was going to make, was going to make the most sense for them. Well, I don't want to correct you, but I want to, I want to uh, sort of please. expand on what you just said, because what I heard when you said that was have tools. Yeah. I heard go into appointments prepared with what, what's the most common solution you're going to run or the most common issue you're going to face yeah. and have a solution prepared for that situation so that you can for lack of a better term, sell it on like, hey, if we know we're going to see a bunch of 75-year-old people with COPD and diabetes, you know, or something, it's like, hey, let's have a critical period or equity protection or a smaller policy put in place and lead with most people in your position do this. Yes. Most of my clients have this. And that, that's what I heard when you were saying that is like, have your game plan locked in. Absolutely. Because, you know, um, you know we're, not, we're not there to sell we're there to solve. Like that's really what we're there for. And the reality of the situation is, um, the people that we're meeting, they either do or don't have the problems that we solve. That's it. The ones that do have the problems, and we've discovered that and uncovered that there, and they have verbalized that, and uh, I've created a reasonable solution for them. We're doing business every time. That's a. That's yeah. a. That. That's just how that just yeah. how that happens, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's really all it is. It's not mm -hmm. trying to create a problem that doesn't exist. It's uncovering a problem. Do you have the problem that I solve or do you not? Period. 
you know? Yeah. And if we can figure that out, the sooner, the, the sooner we can get to the bottom of that, man, then the, then the more effective and efficient we will be in our jobs. So what do you think? How moving people across the line? Yeah, two things. One, I learned from heirs. Um, I thought that's what you were going to say, but I'll, I'll tell them Please. what you taught me. Hey, we'll call it for all intents and purposes. It's yours. No, I want to I wanna, I wanna <laughs> give it to heirs. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that heirs uh, trains with our team all the time is like, and we do this in our role and purpose at the beginning, giving people permission to say, hey, guys, tonight, this is just about a place to start. This, we're just gonna find we're just gonna find a place to start tonight. You may want tons of life insurance for your family. You may want it to protect your retirement. You may want it to you know leave a legacy. But tonight we're just gonna find a place to start. And what that does is that it eases the client into like, hey, I'm not gonna be overpaying for something. This not this guy's not gonna this guy or girl they're not gonna try to sell me more than I need. We're just looking for a place to start. And that really kind of assumes, like, because the insurance companies have to have a place to start underwriting you. Yeah. You know, and once they've made their decisions, we can always adjust things as you go. But heirs will verbalize, we're just looking for a place to start. And I think that eases people in, you know. Oh, I love um, A couple other things that I think are just power phrases that we use, because sometimes, like, we have to help people get out of their own way. So I just use, like, really simple phrases, like, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. You know, if they give me the, well, you know, I really like this one, but, you know, let me think about it because I kind of really want that one. All right, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with the lowest one because we can always go back later and get some more life insurance. But this is just about a place to start, you know, and so using some power phrases like that. For those of you guys that are really uncomfortable hearing that, Keith's like laughing, dying inside because he knows why I love Sicily so much because that's my natural go-to place too. I'm just like, hey guys, here's what's about to happen right now. Like, this is what we're going to do. Uh, yeah, here's what we're going to do. And for those of you guys that are very uncomfortable doing that, uh, there are other ways to approach it. Um, getting more of the feeling or the emotional side, which is where errors is coming from right now. Just like, well, you have this problem and it seems to me like you need to solve it. Shouldn't we solve that right now? Which is also Keith's side, which is let's, let's bring the emotion together. Uh, if you're uncomfortable asking for the business, that's going to be something you're going to need to get comfortable with, whether you do it forcefully, like here's what we're going to do. Let's, let's lead this charge. Or if you do it more emotionally, like Ayers was suggesting, or like Keith typically does, we've got to get comfortable asking for the business one way or another, because they both just did it in different ways. Right. Um, so, uh, Keith, did you have something to add on that? Yeah, Sorry, I was going to say, you know what I love so much is the way they, both, both of you make it sound so comforting and yet it's scientific, meaning talking the way you both do and it's just very relaxed and creating a nice even pace for the client to feel comfortable and want to buy, yet those of us who know behind the scene, everything is plotted out. Right, it's planned out, it's one, two, three, four. The client may not realize that because it's done in such a manner that creates comfort and a level of, of connection and ease, um, but it's scientifically moving from one place to the next and they don't even realize that, right? It's like getting on a roller coaster and going into the dark at your favorite uh, amusement park and you don't know where you're going, but you love what's going on, <laughs> right? And, and that's how you guys have set this up. And I think that's why so many people buy from the agents you train. Yeah. yeah. Last thing, just just do that if I may, real quick. Please. It's um, you know the the reality is 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 that emotion is the thing every time that's going to move us into action. 
Emotion is what moves us into action. And so we buy based on emotion. However, we justify every purchase with logic every single time. And the thing is, um, is consumers will be wary and uncomfortable if we come in and we immediately try to start having a deeply emotional conversation. Yeah. This is with someone that, that, they, don't, that they don't know. But emotion is, is a relevant part of the, of the equation. The real trick or the real art form is learning how to use logic to create the emotion because the reality is when we're going through the financial information we're coming up with everything and we're coming up with a story a financial story of how something will look and if people don't get emotional about their own money there's nothing that nothing we can nothing we can, so nothing we can so, so that's the whole idea and the last thing around that is is 100% of human behavior, that's every single person on the planet, that's you and me, anyone that's listening to this, our behavior is driven simply by the things that we believe are in alignment with our own self-image. That's all of us. So when we can help someone understand that the reason they're buying life insurance is because it supports some image that they hold of themselves, whether that's a, a loving family member, whether that's a responsible adult, legacy. whether that's someone who's here to leave a legacy. When we can help them I, tie those things together, take the logic that's like, hey, well, this is what it would be like. This is what I want. This is how I feel around that. And this is how it's in, in alignment with who it is that I see myself to be. That is when they're going to be, that is when they're going to be decisive. Yeah, that's great. For it. Man, yeah. That's awesome. I hope you guys are taking notes on this stuff. And again, like if you're driving on the freeway, <laughs> hope you're able Watch to pull over, right? Don't swerve. All right. Last thing, lightning round, 30 seconds, Cicely Newsom, number one, somebody is starting. It doesn't matter if they're in a captive insurance agency, they're knocking on doors or selling final insurance, or final expense insurance, or they've got leads but they're struggling. They're like right on the brink of breaking through, but they're at that part, that point when the, the rock is super heavy to push up the hill. Like what are the words that you would tell that person who's struggling, thinking maybe this industry isn't for me to push through? What, what is that last little bit of motivation you would get them to push that rock up the hill? Oh man, um, it's maybe kind of heady. I'd say the only reason that you're not getting what you want is the story you keep telling yourself about why you can't have it. Mm. So preach. I'm going back into the inside on that one and saying like, if you're struggling in the business, it's, it's like you have to realign like who you are with like what you're trying to do, you know? And you know, if it's not this, you're going to go back to the other thing that you were doing before. Like this is a, this is a trillion dollar industry. Um, you know, it's recession proof. We just experienced that firsthand. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's adding legacy, it's protecting retirement. Like, I think it's one of the most important jobs on the planet. So like, you're going to have to go through your learning curve somewhere. Why not do it in an industry that has those things like going for it, you know, but I just say go inward and, and really reassess like who you think you are and, and, you know, kind of start to unwind some of the limiting beliefs about why you can't succeed. I, I totally expected her to be like, shut up and push that rock up the hill. You know what I mean? Like, I expected that answer to come from Ayers. I seriously was like, Ayers, your turn. And he had to go like, well, totally go inside and like listen to yourself. But Ayers, 30 seconds, go for it. What, what you, you got? got? Pushing the rock up the hill. I'm about to quit. Yeah, man. Uh, be grateful that the rock is heavy. Mm. Be grateful that the rock is heavy. 
don't wish the rock was lighter, wish you were stronger. Yes. Because you can get stronger. You have no way on earth to make this business easier, but you have everything in your power to make yourself better. Boom, mic drop. There it is, everybody. Make sure you go to www.writemoreapps.com, like and subscribe to this video. Make sure you check us out across all those platforms. Ayers and Cicely Newsome, some of the best guests on the planet. We love them to death. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you. Heath and Ryan. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. We'll edit this part out. This is a, oh, by the way, we're not going to edit this part out. Just so everybody knows, Ashton, we're going to like green screen him in here in just a little bit. He's been running point behind the scenes. So we're just going to put his face like right here. Uh, he's just going to sit here for like the rest of the, uh, the live stream. Later, everybody.